Well, I hope that you've had a happy and a safe July 4th weekend. I know that it feels different, certainly because we've never been through a pandemic, but it's different also because, well, there's so much division nowadays, cultural divisions, racial divisions, political divisions, and internal division is not good. Jesus himself said in Matthew 12, every kingdom divided against itself will be brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. And you know who loves division and disunity and dissension most of all? The one who, as John 10, 10 8 tells us, has been about stealing and killing and destroying forever. Marriages, families, communities, nations our enemy, the devil. Yeah, you and I, we have an enemy of our souls. And I think we need to talk about him. Not because I wanna hyper-focus on him or start fearing him, but so that our spiritual eyes would be opened and our minds made sharper about his reality and about ways that he is always working to bait us believers into the temptation of cooperating with his schemes. So that's where we're gonna to go today and the next couple of weeks. Jesus talked about him, the devil, Satan, frequently. Paul did, Peter did. In fact, we're gonna look at one of Peter's letters, 1 Peter chapter five. It's a short letter, which that, that former fisherman, now disciple, he wrote to the Christians who had scattered throughout Asia Minor, who were grappling to understand why are we going through the tough times that we're having to endure right now? And I want us to see what he says in chapter five, starting in verse eight. He says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now this brief passage tells us three things I wanna make sure that we take note of today. First, you and I, we have a spiritual enemy. You can't see him with your eyes. No, he's a spiritual enemy who, who wars against anything good and godly in our lives. It won't do you any good to picture the devil with a red jumpsuit and horns, he's never that obvious. No, he lurks in the shadows, dropping his bait of temptation just far enough in front of us to pull us off course. Jesus knew him well, talked to him even. Jesus described him as the wolf in sheep's clothing, a murderer from the beginning, the ruler of this world, the father of lies. And I'll tell you what, he'll take whatever you give him even if it's just an inch at a time until after a while, he's got you. So years ago, a lady called me, she was very upset. She said, my, my husband was on a business trip in Austin and, and since it was summer, I put our two kids in the car and we drove over to surprise him for dinner and a slumber party. And when we got to the hotel room, we knocked on his door, but he didn't answer. So we knocked again, he didn't answer. She said, but I could hear commotion in the room. I knew he was in there. And then I could hear someone else. I knew something was going on. My heart was shattering. To insulate the kids, I said, come on kids, let's, let's go down to the pool for that swim I promised you. They were confused, of course. And after a little while, we loaded, I loaded them back up and headed home. 
explaining it just wasn't a good, good time for daddy. Trying not to break into sobs in front of them until they'd fallen asleep in the car. Now let's study that situation with our spiritual eyes opened. What happened? Oh, trust me, that man's problems, they didn't just begin on that trip. They'd started years earlier when he allowed one string of sin to be strung on the devil's guitar. Maybe it was just a little pornography here and there. But then he went back and he added another string to the devil's guitar. And then two became three strings and then four strings. And rather than bring it out into the open with a trusted brother who could have helped him pull those strings of sin off the enemy's guitar and lived in victory, he kept it in the dark. And that's where the devil likes to play his music. Keep stringing it up and we'll make music together, he whispers to our souls. Oh, he's real. All right, which is why Peter says, you better wake up, be alert. Which leads to the second thing. Not only do we have a spiritual enemy, but we had better wake up, be alert, get sober-minded about this. I'm particularly concerned in our current era at how many people aren't seeing what's happening spiritually beneath the surface of what is visible. Every time I turn on TV to the ostensible news channels, all I see, all I hear is one person shouting at another person or one group yelling at another group. You say, well, that's just politics, Ken. Yeah, 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 it is. But I want you to open your spiritual eyes. And if you would, I think you'd see the devil has moved us well down a pathway from what used to be known as civil discourse or intellectual policy debate. Now people just go for the jugular. If you disagree with me, I'll think I'll just kill you. Maybe not physically, but emotionally, reputationally, I'll just disparage your very existence and take you down. And I tell you what, it's making our culture very angry. And the devil loves to work with untended anger. It's why Paul said to the Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. What's he say? If you let the sun go down on your anger day after day, you'll end up letting the devil get a foothold in your soul. So last week, I think it was a friend of mine, wonderful Christian believer, known him for years. He posted something that caught me a little off guard for a man of his spiritual maturity. It was a disparaging statement about one or two elected officials replete with a biting cynical remark about having to wear a face covering during COVID. I chuckled, but I thought to myself, wait a second, brother, what on earth are you so mad about? These medical people here, whom I know you've used and trusted to bring your babies into this world for your own surgeries. They're saying, would you please help us cut the spread, especially with the asymptomatic people who are running around spraying and sharing their droplets of COVID just like the love of Jesus. Come on, I'm thinking to myself, you know that these things work. It's why 
if you ever had surgery, the last thing you remember is looking up in the operating room full of masked doctors and nurses. Why are they wearing those? To keep their little droplets from dripping into your exposed body. So I watch people yelling on TV these days. You're asking too much of me. Masks are dangerous. I even heard one lady, they can kill you. I have not heard of a mask that could be so injurious, but if they exist, don't buy that sort, just buy the non-injurious masks. They are a nuisance, certainly they're a nuisance, and all hospital people will tell you, oh, they're a nuisance, but by the time you get through medical school, you get used to it. Look, I realize I'm pushing some of you right now. You're upset, you're angry, you're, you're, like, you're like, I think I'm gonna send you an email. That's fine, you send your email, but first I want you to answer this. Tell me, how could it be that in a city as great as ours, with as many professing evangelical Christians as we have, that so many of them are choosing to tear out of their Bibles all the, the verses where Jesus said we're to do things like sacrifice ourselves and carry our crosses. Didn't Jesus say greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends? So many believers nowadays, they're not laying anything down. Rather, they're, they're just taking up their picket signs and trumpeting their need for more rights and more freedoms. And, and now it's their right to keep their phases exposed, which is kind of demeaning to all the healthcare professionals who are saying, hey, would you help us? help us out there, cut the spread? Doesn't make sense, does it? And I fear that many Christians are failing to see that their critical, cynical messages and postings are self-sabotaging our witness for Christ in this era, this era that is so rife with opportunity, the, the likes of which maybe have been seen since the earliest eras of Christianity, when they had plagues themselves and people went fleeing from the cities, afraid from their lives, while Christian believers, they went running into the sick cities to help care for the infirmed in the name of Jesus. And evangelism happened, friends. The sick would ask, why are you Christians helping us? And the Christians could say, we came to you because while we were still sinners, our great God came to us to rescue us. He sent us his son to live the life of sinless perfection that we couldn't live, to die the death of punishment we all deserve, to conquer the grave we would have never conquered. And so now we have life and that's our hope. And that's how the gospel was spread. Christians back then, they didn't sit around pounding and pouting and complaining and hailing their defiance as virtuous. No, that's never been winsome. That's not what spreads the gospel. And besides, how can we who, who have a pro-life bias show so little concern for the thousands who will be sick and for some who will even die while we demand our rights to look upon them with fully exposed faces? Have we no heart for other people anymore? Can we not see what is happening in the spiritual realm as we're giving the devil foothold upon foothold with our anger? 
does God's word no longer call us to love our neighbors as ourselves with a charitable spirit? Surely we can both reopen our desperate economy, which needs vibrant resuscitation, while also putting on a little face covering until they discover a vaccine. Could we not do that? But look, I'll give you an even grander vision. Imagine, brothers and sisters, imagine if we who love Jesus, instead of spending our days squabbling over small requests like this, imagine if we spent our days writing notes of encouragement and prayers, maybe for all the doctors, for nurses, or organizing meals, or, or catering, having restaurants cater meals to local hospitals, to the emergency departments and so. Imagine if we spent our energy rallying our prayer ministries to lift up those doctors and those nurses, or imagine if families, like, like your family, had a prayer walk right out here at the hospital nearest to you, or a prayer drive around the outermost perimeter of the hospital, just praying for the people inside, for the hospital personnel and for the infirmed. Certainly those who are in the COVID wing, but there's a lot of other patients in the non-COVID wings that still have the, the normal stuff going on that calls for medical care. What if rather than griping, we were praying and we were fasting for a vaccine to be discovered? And what if you and I were offering the practical sorts of servanthood that Jesus talked about in Matthew 25? Can you imagine what an impact we would make for the gospel in this era? Surely, surely more people then would be interested in hearing more about a personal relationship with our Lord Jesus. Perhaps hundreds, maybe even thousands, would start seeing us Christians, not as complaining sourpusses, but as unique and distinct and winsome. Surely for such a time as this, God has been raising us up in this country. Surely God has put us here for such a time as this to be bright lights shining with beacons of hope found through the life-changing, soul-saving gospel of Jesus. Look, I understand none of us likes being asked to sacrifice anything. We don't even like being asked to wear a mask. But if I'm asked to wear a mask, what is that to me? For Christ, let me wear a mask, for I count all those things as loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to know him more and see others come to know him as well. Just let me continue in the mission of making more and stronger disciples for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, wake up. Be alert, get sober-minded. Don't you see your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour? So number one, you have a real spiritual enemy. Number two, you better sober up about this. Get alert and finally resist him and stand firm in the faith, our verse says. How do you stand firm? Put your mind on Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's who you're about. That's who you love. That's who you follow. That's who you live your life for. So be done with all of this nonsense. We believers are called to be more and better than that. How do we keep our minds on him? Two ways come right off to mind. Why don't you open his word and turn off your media?
E. Stanley Jones, the great evangelist missionary said, whatever has your mind has you. And so it's for this reason Paul tells us in Philippians 4, fix your mind on things that are true and honorable and right and pure and beautiful and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And don't let your mind, Paul said, don't be drawn, let your mind be drawn like flies to the devil's putrid meat, things that are mean and nasty and wrong and untrue and ungodly and vicious and shameful and dishonorable. Don't give in to those. If you give in to those, you've just opened up your mind to the enemy. And you needn't be surprised that you're not going to feel quite so good. Your outlook's going to be tarnished. Friends, it's not hard to see how the enemy is using things today. Things like CNN, MSNBC, Fox News with their round-the-clock stock and trade stories, many of which are so full of half-truths and downright vicious. Oh, the enemy, he'll use, he'll use all of that. He'll use the news, he'll use social media, he'll use your daydreams, your lustful fantasies. He'll use anything else that you give him to put his stake in the ground, to drive his flag in the ground. So don't give him that, that ground. Close those things off to him. Open his word. What if in your summer reading you, you said, I think I'll read through one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Maybe read all four of them. Or, or just even read the short letter that we've looked at today, First Peter. Fill your mind with his word. One more thing. How's your prayer life? I bet your prayer life has been growing a little bit anemic. So I'll ask you, are you spending, I don't know, 30 minutes per day talking with him? No? Is it 20 minutes? Do you spend 10 minutes talking with him? Or is it five? Do you give them two? Do you even give them one? See, if Suzanne and I don't spend time talking together, our relationship loses some of its vibrancy and its positive outlook. So we have to prioritize our time talking together in a similar way. You and I have parched souls and nothing refreshes the soul more or better than time spent talking with him in prayer. Speaking of prayer, our prayer pastor, Kyle Pettit, he's worked along with our youth ministry, our children's ministry staffs to put together a prayer guide for us for the next 40 days, which will get us right up to just about back to school Sunday, which we already know is going to be a little different. But it's filled with great ideas, ideas for you and for your family. And so I want to go to Kyle now as we close and let him tell us a little bit more about that. Well, thanks, Ken. Well, I'm excited to kick off our new 40 Days of Prayer campaign. Just text 40 days, 40 days to 797979, and there you'll be sent a PDF with each of the week's daily prayer points and weekly family prayer activities. These are here to help you engage with God through prayer in fun and creative ways. The first one this week is doing a prayer drive at a hospital. It's similar to a prayer walk, but to help keep social distance and slow the spread, we want you and your family to stay in your car. So all you have to do is drive to a hospital near you or one you're familiar with and drive around it. And as you do, you can park in the different parking lots that, are that aren't needed for essential and emergency personnel and pray for the people at the hospital. Pray for the workers, the nurses, and the doctors. I think this prayer drive will help make your prayers all the more tangible as you look at who you're praying for. 
And each week there are different prayer activities all designed to be family friendly and fun. And when you do them, take a picture of you and your family and post them on social media, Instagram, and Facebook. This will help others join you in praying. I love that our church is a church that prays. And this is a time that we need to hit our needs, knees and lift up our community. And I'm excited to join you praying with you these next 40 days. Thanks, Kyle. Those are awesome. Let's do this together, Faith Bridge. I am so excited for what God is doing in our midst, for the victory he's calling us to have, for the people he's calling us to be in this world that is spiritually dark and broken. But he's put us here for such a time as this. So let us let our lights shine for him. Let's pray. Lord, won't you put your blessing upon each person watching, certainly those in our community, but even those that are watching from other cities, even other parts of the world, because your word translates to every context, and it's true. Lord, my prayer is that you would free us up from the lesser things, that we would learn to subjugate those things to you, Jesus, that we would make you the Lord of our lives, that we won't give the devil any footholds, that you'll lead us from victory unto victory. And friend, if you're here and you haven't said yes to Jesus in the first place, that would be the place for you to start right now. Just in this moment, you can just say, Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. I need to have a savior. I need to have life. I need the infusion of your power that comes from your Holy Spirit moving in inside of me and flushing out those things that are old, bad, dead. Wouldn't you put new life inside of me and then teach me what it means to follow you. For we pray all of these things in your strong name, Lord Jesus.